0: And we figured out in Brunswick back in, like when I was there in 2003 and four, about comparing, I think I talked about this, comparing bowling lanes to uh, seats on an airplane.
1: Right. Yeah, we did talk right. about that a little bit. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Same, same fixed costs. You know, you're, you're flying from Los Angeles to New York City and you got right. 200 seats and the, the costs are fixed. You know, you have your payroll costs, your fuel costs. And so if you only sell a hundred of those seats and you've got two weeks to go, what do you do?
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom, for coming on today for anyone who had the pleasure of meeting you, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you're doing these days.
0: Yeah, well, uh, today I, I own two bowling centers, one in Indianapolis highway lanes and another one in South Bend, Chippewa. And before that, I worked for Brunswick for 26 years. I started when I was in college and my last job there was vice president of operations in charge of 110 centers. And I left there in 2000, late 2007, and then bought the two centers. And I also do some consulting on market studies and market feasibility studies for new family entertainment centers.
1: Awesome. So you said you started in college or right after college for Brunswick?
0: Yeah, I was I worked okay. for them full time when I was at the University of Arizona. Oh wow. Yeah. And I uh, did, did an hourly, did you know, desk. You know,
1: What's that? Okay. Did did you always know that it came along or how did that happen? Like did you were you a bowler in high school or in college and then you knew you no. wanted to go to bowling or something that just
0: happened? No. I just started working there part time, you know, turned into <laughs> full time and then when I got my degree from from the University of Arizona, I decided to go to their management program okay okay and you know at the time i think my choices were go to brunswick or i think it was woolworths you ever heard of the woolworths department store? Yeah, sort of <laughs> so so i guess That's i picked exactly the right, the right one.
1: choice right, right. exactly so,
0: yeah i'm one of those guys that started at brunswick like bar in the deck.
1: right all the way up
0: yeah yeah so i i, I knew okay. how to run a bowling center from the ground up which helps a lot
1: right yeah i'm sure that translates well to uh, running Today and then some of the consulting
0: that you're doing. Yeah, it does. It really mm-hmm. does.
1: Yeah. And so uh, tell me a little bit more about uh maybe some of the progression or, or some of the things you've seen change over time when you were at Brunswick. I know you guys tracked a lot of stuff. You've seen a lot change there.
0: Yeah, you know, when I first started, I mean it was like 1988, I think. And you know, it it was mostly league bowling, like you've probably heard before. You know, you were mm-hmm. 70% league bowling. And then as we you know, went further and I went into two different jobs inside of Brunswick, managed a couple bowling centers, opened a new one, and then opened a brand new family entertainment center in Edmonton, Canada called the Reds, which was 100,000 square feet. And that was Brunswick's first foray into family entertainment. You know, the bowling, the games, the yeah. uh, bar, the billiards, uh, entertainment. And, you know, back then, you know, Brunswick saw that, you know, Every year league bowling was declining. And so we knew we had to try to do something different. And so you saw the progression of you know going from seventy percent league now, a lot of centers are less than you know 40, thirty percent league. And so the question was, coming marketing, what do you do? You know, I mean what how do you combat league bowling going down and right. you, know, you know trying to get open bowling higher? And so it became a different business to run, you know, and and we figured out at Brunswick back in, like when I was there in 2003 and four about comparing, I think I talked about this, comparing bowling lanes to uh, seats on an airplane.
1: Right. Yeah. We did talk about that a little bit, but yeah, Yeah. yeah, go ahead.
0: Same, same fixed costs. You know, you're, you're flying from Los Angeles to New York city and you got 200 seats and the, the costs are fixed. You know, you have your payroll costs, your fuel costs, and so if you only sell a hundred of those seats, and you've got two weeks to go, what do you do? Right, you discount. Discount. You discount. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at bowling lanes the same way, except we used it in, in day parts. Okay. We said, you know, you have the slowest day part, which is you know, Monday through Friday from nine until noon, and then the the afternoon day part, which is maybe a little busier, and then the highest, the busiest time was Friday at five until Sunday at five o'clock. So you would never discount from Friday, 5 p.m. to Sunday at 5 p.m. Right. But then you look at opportunities during the middle of the week when nobody's in your bowling center to say, what can you do to drive traffic? And, and sometimes you do specials like a dollar, dollar ammo or family packages or different things like that. Mm-hmm. and And I don't think you're devaluing the game. But I think you're just trying to fill space where you didn't have anything there anyway. Right. Yeah. And and, and an empty lane is like, it's a marketing, what do you call it? It's it's just, it's something that it's gone. Meaning it wasn't used during those three hours. You've lost that opportunity. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, go ahead.
1: It's, you know, like you said, it's it's just an opportunity of power that's gone for it. And you're not devaluing it. You're just saying that there's less demand during this time period.
0: Right. It's all based on supply and demand. Right. Okay. And, and, you know, and I, I, and I said back in, you know, 2002 or three, you know, I was in an MBA class, economics class, and we did a, we had to do a project. And I, and I did the project. We went back to 1970 and looked at the number of bowling centers in the United States. And, and, the average price per game back then was 50 cents being the average price in a bowling center, meaning that lot of prices might have been higher and some lower and, and bowling centers are doing about 11,500 games paid per lane. And then we went and looked up to 2002 and the average price went from 50 cents to $2 and 60 cents, but the number of games per lane went down to 8,000. Right. And so <laughs> we, we said, well, we keep raising the price, raising the price and, and people keep using their centers a little less and less. Right. And, and so that's kind of like the economic picture that we looked at to figure out how do we do specials or do values or family values when we're not that busy mm-hmm. and still maintain a healthy price point when we're really busy, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that's kind of like an economic right. way of look, looking at your business.
1: Right. And so you're saying so that the the total value was flat. It was just the one side was going up just as much. Like,
0: Correct. So. Right. Your price, your price increases masked the, the number, the less number of games being bowled in the system. Okay. And so that's what happened. Price went up, number of games went down, but you still did just as well. Okay. And what you want to try to do is try to get more yeah. people in, you know, at a, at a mm-hmm. price point where the, the price is actually staying flat yeah. up. Okay. And that's just something that, Mm-hmm. you know, either you get more customers, you get better pricing. Okay. Or you drive to drive more business. And I think is it, what are the three ways to drive business that you told me? Well, uh, first is to- the, yeah,
1: the average ticket is the yep. first. The second yep. is the uh, frequency that they come in per year. And then right. the third is just new bodies in the door. Those are really the right. only three ways that I've found, you know, right. if there's more someone telling, but that's it that I found.
0: And I remember a funny story we, we ran, there was a special that we ran at some of the Brunswick Center. It was like 2002. It was called Buck and Bowl. And it was like nine o'clock on a weekday. Okay, it was dollar games, dollar shoes, dollar 12 ounce soft drinks, dollar draft beer. And we had some centers that were like full. They had waiting lists everywhere. And so you saw this. And so we rolled it out nationwide. And after about eight weeks, some centers decided, well, you know, I can go to twenty-five. And changed the concept from a dollar to a dollar twenty-five. And all of a sudden they only had instead of 40 lanes full, they only had 30 lanes. And it showed the price yeah. sensitivity of the special. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it was very interesting that the smart guys that were full all the time just picked another night and did it at nine o'clock on a Monday night at
1: mm-hmm. the
0: same price instead of raising the price to see if they could get more. And it just showed, this just shows the price sensitivity of, of open bowlers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pay offer, that's a good point. But they won't pay a dollar fifty or a dollar twenty five. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. And it was kind of pretty amazing to us actually that mm-hmm. that happened. But it shows that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, we kind of learned that that you know that people will pay different prices to bowl at different times. You know, and that's something else you have to look at. There's different categories of open bowlers. Some people don't care what they. Yeah. Bowl, right. right? Some people just pay whatever the price is on the board. Some people will only come in if there's a special. Okay. And so you you almost try to categorize the groups of open bowlers as to, as to mm-hmm. you know, as to how you market your business, which is a quite a different way of looking at things.
1: Right. Now, when you did that, how would you like price things? Is, it, is it all that done at calculated the POS or they know during these time blocks or yeah, certain prices or how do they figure that out?
0: Yeah, it was POS locked in for time. Okay. Like at a, a Wednesday at 9 o'clock at night, the POS was locked in at a, a dollar per game. That's special. Nice. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then it, when it was over at 11 or 12, it went back.
1: Nice. And so you okay.
0: you basically put the, so the, the people at the counter, that's all they could do is swing that up.
1: Right. Okay. Because yeah. yeah. that would be confusing.
0: It would be. It would be. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and, and, you know, and that's, that's one of the things about uh, marketing and bowling center are many different opportunities of what you want to do.
1: Mm. Yeah. You know,
0: and I think, you know, when you went from being 75% full with leads, you really didn't have to market. Right. Now you have to. Yeah. And it's a different game.
1: Absolutely. That's our, right. That's our whole existence. Right. So, right. Yeah. So what, what actually that's a, we'll jump into that. Cause that's a question that's, I've been trying to figure out and I feel like you'd be a great person to answer it. Is what is the average percentage spend that you saw for centers for marketing? What's the band, or you know, de- obviously depends on how aggressive they want to grow. But you were a lot of them were spending for marketing. I know what I've seen, but here's what you know. I would.
0: You know, I, it runs away. When we had 110 centers, we spent about four percent of our gross revenue in marketing. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's and, right around it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, and we were doing $250 million in sales in a hundred centers. Right. And so 4% of that, some centers spent less, some centers spent more. Mm-hmm. I would say today, you know, anywhere from four to 6% mm-hmm. you should spend, but it should be targeted. Meaning, Absolutely. Yeah. meaning what's your focus? Are you focusing on families? Are you focusing on adult leagues? Are you focusing on birthday parties? Are you focusing on cosmic bowling? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that you know, that is one thing that that the message has to be consistent and you have to spend towards that focus. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and I've seen centers that don't spend hardly anything on marketing and and they get in trouble because Mm -hmm. they don't think they have to, you know, and that's, that's not the answer. Yeah. And so, you know, some people that are doing two million dollars in revenue and there's a four percent that's eighty thousand dollars a year in marketing that's a lot Mm -hmm. and you may say it may be a lot, but you still want to drive your two million dollars business to two one two two. So you it's it's the right thing to do to keep
1: exactly. Yeah. I mean and and there's, you know, the the other way to look at it is how aggressive you want to be is kind of where you would shift that number up and down. If you're really aggressive, you'd be more like four, five, or uh, you know, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight percent. The other way yeah. I look at it is it's almost like that old saying: like dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Mm-hmm. Then marketing at the rate of the size of the revenue you want, not the revenue you have. Same philosophy.
0: Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, because your marketing is going to drive your revenue. Okay. Right. And you know, and the thing is, is that. You've got to be able to, to have enough guts to spend that money, you know, especially in the seasonal business of the bowling center in the Midwest where, you know, you, you do all your revenue from September until April and then May, June, July, and August. It's so slow. Well, a lot of times in my centers we spend on the majority of our marketing in May, June, July, August to drive people in because we have such lane availability. Right. Okay. And, and people think, well, that people, aren't going to come in because the weather's nice, but you can still do it. I mean, mm. you can still, you know, drive people into your center through different promotions. Yep. Okay. And I think that's something that you look back at your lane availability and say, if I'm really busy from December, January, February, and March, why would I spend that much money in marketing? Right. Because my lane that's availability true. is so small, but then when you get into May, June, July, and August, and you can blow a cannon through your bowling center, <laughs> like, maybe I should <laughs> spend a lot more money on marketing.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. but a, yeah, lot yeah. centers, a lot of centers lose money in the summertime and don't want to do that right. because summers are so tough financially. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a, it's a catch 22. It it is.
1: Really is. Yeah, it is. But then, you know, there's, there's a whole other factor we haven't talked about yet that changes the dynamics of, of the business is the food and beverage side because that tends right. to flatten it out. And it has a different type of capacity. You know, you, right. you only have so many bowling lanes, but you can sell all the beers you want as long as you have space for them to stand around it changes it
0: completely. Right. And that's the other thing. It, it, we always say people we work, they're a captive audience. Mm-hmm. They, they're not going anywhere. Okay. Right. And so when they're a captive audience, food and beverage becomes a huge part of this. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a bowling center, they're in there an hour and a half, maybe two hours in a family entertainment center, they're there are two or three hours. Right. And so your job is there is to try to get them you know, to spend uh, by pizza or soft drinks for the kids or things like that, mm-hmm. because that, that is a big part of it today, you know, and that's, you know, that's one thing that, that it, it all goes with going back to driving traffic. Because the mm-hmm. more traffic you drive and maybe it's at a lower price of a different day part, you're going to increase in food and beverage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where you see a lot of it because you see, it's interesting with people, the, you know, you would do a, a promotion where bowling is inexpensive. Okay. They'll have, but they only have 20 to $25 to spend. So they get, and they get into the, like on Wednesday nights, at one of my centers, we have $8 all you can bowl for two hours of bowling and shoes. It's $8. Okay. Which we think is pretty good. Get 30, 40 people to show up, but they all spend money buying beer and food
1: mm-hmm. because
0: they had 20 bucks in their pocket and they only had to spend eight to bowl. Right. And so, and so that's kind of how you look at that is, you can you almost use bowling as a lost leader to drive.
1: That's forward. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do. And, and, you know, and the thing is, that's a strategy that you try, but you know, Wednesday night mm-hmm. at nine o'clock at night, we're doing it when we're not busy. Right. And that's the thing you, 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 you know, I've seen centers run quarter mania, you know, 25, mm-hmm. the bar does an extra $500 because right. they, ran, they ran quarter mania, you right. know? And so, so, you know, you, you're using bowling, which really there's no cost to it because your overhead's there to drive a tremendous amount of, of food and beverage mm-hmm. and bar sales.
1: Yeah. If, yeah, if you have that food and beverage side, you know, if you don't have it, then right. you could see the argument of how you're cheap. Right. You have that to, to, to offset.
0: Right. Um, yeah, And then, yeah. you know, and, and it, and it all builds together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know, from the market perspective, I like concentric circles and you get more circles that are grouped around that, you know, different items that you have so that you can draw one person in for bowling or another person in for the bar, another in for laser tag. The more circles you have, the bigger your pool, but then they end up crossing right. the line and going to the other
0: Right, and, that, and the concentric circles are, are why family entertainment centers are, are, are so good nowadays because yeah. you have the circles, you have four businesses inside of one right. roof. You know, you've right. got laser tag, you've got bowling, you've got arcade. You've got bar, you've got a restaurant. So you have the, the five circles which you say are going together. And that's mm-hmm. what people want. It's kind of a one stop shop.
1: Right. And that's why they exactly. that's
0: why they're they're so they're so popular nowadays. Yeah. 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 And they're also, what would somebody say, a wallet emptying experience. Uh-oh. because it's, you- it's a what? A wallet emptying experience because, you know, the kids that give me $20 more for the games, then you got to pay a hundred dollars for bowling. And then you got to go to, you know, get a beer. And then pretty soon you're like, well, I just spent two or $300. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But that, yeah. that's how it works. Though, right. You know? That's a good thing for the proprietor.
1: Right. It's an efficient yeah. business. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Cause you know, we talked a little bit about the past. Let's talk about now what's working. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about what you're seeing work in your centers as far as, you know, FEC or, or what else you're seeing it, it work for you today.
0: You know, and, and just, I have the two traditional centers and what's working today is our focus on family. Okay. We, mm-hmm. we do a lot of family value packages. We do birthday, the yeah. birthday party packages. Kids Bowl Free is a tremendous program because it, it's all family oriented. Right. And so when you're doing your marketing, if you got a lot of kids bowl free and you have, you know, a good birthday party program. Okay and you're marketing a family package or family values to families, it all kind of ties together. Okay. And so we, in the two traditional centers, that's a big thing to us because we, you know, when theaters before they close with COVID, you know, you, you go to a movie with two kids and two adults and you couldn't get in there for less than probably 60 bucks, you know, and we can run a, a family special where you get yeah. two hours of bowling and a pizza and then a pitcher of soda or so. for like 59.95. You know, right. and and appreciate that, especially to, you know, because yeah. your cost in that is the cost of the pizza in the picture. So which which just like, what, six bucks, maybe.
1: Right. If, they,
0: you know, yeah. and so, but the customer doesn't see that. Okay. But, the, mm-hmm. and so, you know, we do a lot of just, you know, marketing to families because it, it it's a good value to them. Okay. And mm-hmm. I think that's important today, especially lately with inflation on 8% and you know even you go to a fast food place you see the prices and you're like oh my. right yeah and so you you make it a little the more fast yeah yeah and but we don't you know like i said from you know sunday or from friday from 5 p.m till sunday four or five 8, we charge full price mm-hmm. you know i mean it's and so and, and in, in the fec business i write market studies for that and we see arcade part of the business keeps growing higher and higher and higher. Hmm. in the how would I say the amount of revenue it's doing as compared to the other categories. Yeah. Used mm-hmm. used to be arcade would do, you know, arcade and laser tag do 30, 32%, maybe bowling would do 25, 28%. Well now we're seeing the arcade do close to 40% of the gross revenue. Wow. And that's- so you see that that's taking a bigger bite. You know, people are going into the FECs and spending more money in the arcade than anywhere else, mm-hmm. which is very interesting, okay? Yeah. Because you, it's very profitable, okay? And I think, right. yeah. you know, when we're writing these studies, we see these these numbers like this. You know, Wallen's saying about flat. Food beverage goes up a little bit, but the games are going up quite a bit. And mm-hmm. it's just interesting to us that people are more interested in going to the arcade and playing those games and maybe winning those redemption toys than, than mm-hmm. anything else inside of the center. Yeah. yeah, and that's something I don't know if you've heard that, but it's something we've seen when we, when we go to do our market analysis of revenues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I do wonder about that. You know, if it's has to do with maybe technology, people used to playing on their phones, and it's something more a closer crossover. I'm not sure, but yeah, it, it seems like it's growing a lot. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and the, and the family entertainment center business is a great business. I mean, you, mm-hmm. it's it's you know one where. Yeah, they say bowling is usually the driver called the bowling-based family entertainment center. But, you know, I mean, if you have top-notch food and beverage and you have, you know, a great arcade with maybe 60 to 80 to 100 games, you're doing extremely well. Mm -hmm. And and the other big drive, okay, whether, you know, with COVID, that killed group events. (laughs) You know, I mean, it it killed birthday parties, Christmas parties, bar mitzvahs. Now you see it coming back very strongly. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and, big time. and the spend, and they're not afraid to spend money. Okay. The ticket items, they're not afraid to spend on whether, you know, they can go have their meeting in a meeting space and then have some lunch and then go bowling, go play games. So you see that part of the business getting, getting stronger too in the right. entertainment centers.
1: Yeah. Especially as you see people going virtual, you know, you, you want to yeah. bring the team together and there's, you there's still that need. There's no getting around that need for connection in person. And that's a great way right. to do it.
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of people still don't go to the office. You like, there's a virtual mm-hmm. like this is still, and so when they have a party, that's really connecting because they're physically there, right? Okay, and it's something they can do together. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, it's the, the advantage they have there. In these FECs is that you, know, you have a Christmas party for a big company. Well, you, know, you go to a ballroom banquet room, you eat the dinner, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you have some drinks. Yeah. Well, at least with the bowling and entertainment centers, it's, it's interactive. And I think yep. that's that's the big win for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, bowling centers have had a great run the last, from what I've heard, the last 12 or 15 months, whether it's entertainment centers or regular traditional centers. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with, first, COVID and people being cooped, cooped up. Oh, yeah. And second, I think movie theaters not being around much anymore give people less choices to go out and do
1: that's interactive things. Right.
0: And I think that has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we have done a good job, but there, there's something yeah. driving this. You know, yeah, and, and uh, I mean, what do you see driving that increase in the bowling?
1: Well, I mean, definitely the the ones you mentioned being cooped up. But one that we that we don't tend to hear about as much is the survivorship bias. So, you, how many centers didn't make it through COVID, and now right. those people still got a bowl somewhere,
0: right? Yeah, so many and I, and I didn't centers. Know well, the neighboring
1: Dude. ones is, is went under. Right, right. what's that do
0: you, do you know the numbers of that
1: yeah. i don't but but anecdotally it's it's pretty decent you know like a 10 20 percent kind of number like significant yeah
0: yeah um, you know and that's probably with i guess you would say the same thing with restaurants and bars
1: exactly whoever, whoever yeah.
0: survived you know mm-hmm. survived the pandemic came back stronger mm-hmm. exactly yeah and that, that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. that does
1: yeah. yeah like for instance in, in our town here we, we have a, a bowling center that my my good friend dan mowry had and you know they're they're one of only one there's maybe only one other late night place to go now and before yeah. there was four and now he's he's it's him or one other person or one other bar and that's it so where do yeah where does everyone go
0: right and, and and you know with food and beverage you take advantage of that i mean that's the mm-hmm. thing you 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 try to take advantage of that as much as possible right you know and that's a good thing mm-hmm. you know i mean it, Anytime, you know, you, when we write market studies, the first thing we do, we look at the market Is we, you know, draw the five mile, 10 mile, 15 mile ring and see who are the competitors, Mm -hmm. you know, who, who, how many lane beds are in that market. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing that's happening to him now, whether it's lane beds or whether it's laser tag, whether it's mini golf, you know? And so if there's less of that, then this, you're going to do much better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and I would definitely include bar stools or seats, you know, booths, whatever. in oh, that yeah. study because that's that is you know your choice. It's not just you know bowling. It's you know where we're we going right. to go out tonight.
0: Right, and 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 we only have so much disposable income. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so you know, I mean, and that's that's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And you market to that too, right? You do it. You could expand it hours of operation <laughs> or different things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and know? a lot of it is just at least from what we do is just. Painting the picture to the outside person to show them that it's not you know the big Lebowski. It's a nice restaurant and bar where you can, with families to go. Right. And once you pick that picture, it, you just you do. I call it you incept that into their mind. It's like oh, I want to take my son to do that for my right. birthday party.
0: And that's, yeah, you know, that's, that's the process. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, and it's funny when you know we were, a long time ago Brunswick we we had customer service surveys. Yeah, you, know, you survey all the customers and. The scores go to the corporate office and you get the score for your center. And, mm. you know, there were maybe 20 questions. And then one of the questions was the cleanliness of restrooms. Mm. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but that was rated 10 times more than any other question in the forum. Mm. Because, like you say, when you take your kids somewhere, you want to do something with the family, and you check out the restrooms and they're really clean, well, you, you think it's great. But you go into a place, right. you know, you're, you, and you see all in the restrooms, you're like, oh, my God you're not going to stay in that place, right. you know, but and it goes to your, it goes to what you just said, the perception of people in the vision they have when they go into the center. Right. Absolutely. What you're uh, talking about.
1: Right. So, and yeah. I've, I've always, I've had a theory about that, that, you know, the, the way that you take care of your restroom is a, is a good reflection on how you take care of the rest of your center. Like kind of like the, the bottom, like the least seen place. It's a good indication of how you take care of the rest of it, whether it's the kitchen or, you know, the ball returns or whatever it is, it's a good indicator.
0: Uh, yeah, and you're exactly right. Because that people equate that in their minds too. Mm-hmm. They equate it right. to must be a clean kitchen, you know, or um, must be you know, the parking lot. Right. When you exactly. come into a bit, yeah, when you come in, you step out of your car, you don't want to be walking through trash to get into the building. Because it's the first weird, thing yeah. you see, you right. know, besides the restroom. It's, always, it's like, you know, you better keep your parking lot clean all the time. Because it's the first thing a guest is going to see when they get out
1: of their car, right? Yeah.
0: And that—that's enough. Yeah,
1: that's a—that's a great point. So, is that a cutout? What's that? It, it cut out at that last. Yeah, minute, cut out for a second. Say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can keep going since I did only ask you. You know, I want to keep respectful of your time? We're at the mm-hmm. half hour mark. Let's talk a little bit about where you see things going. So, so the future, the next, you know, two, three years or so. What, what do you see on the horizon?
0: I, from what I've seen, just this last. Three or four months from people I've talked to in industry, I see league bowling getting stronger. I mean, it's really a weird mm. phenomenon that most of the people I talked to today have more league bowlers than they had last fall.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: And I think it, I, people are looking for something to do, you know, mm-hmm. but, and I think mm-hmm. that's going to continue strong. Okay. about once a week and have fun have some beers and go bowling, I think people miss that camaraderie yeah. and they miss it a lot during COVID. And now, and so, mm-hmm. you know, people, may, I start this conversation by saying, league bowling's gone down so much in the last 25 years. And now, right. and now I started, I see it coming back. And I, mm-hmm. and it's coming back in forms of not traditional leagues for us, but people who want to bowl a 12-league fun league. Right. Okay. Like we have, a beer, we have a beer and pizza league where you pay 20 bucks a week. And you get a pitcher of beer and you get a large pizza and you bowl three games of bowling and league. Well, people eat yeah. that up, you know, and, and so you see that we see that filling up immediately because mm-hmm. it's short season. It's not going to take 30 weeks. And, you know, and, and, and I also see a lot of adult junior programs doing extremely well. People yeah. want to do stuff with their kids, you know? And so, yeah, you know, we ran one last year on a Sunday morning and it was, was going to start in January. I had like 12 lanes of Hill. I, I had 28 lanes just kind of said well I figure we'll get 12 teams of two you know well we just promoted in center and we did a little bit of online marketing through through Facebook and our Mm -hmm. our database and we ended up with 28 teams of two they just kept coming in you know and and I'm like how did this happen and we had we were just shocked by it you Mm -hmm. know but people want to do stuff with their kids right you know and so we I see that being big too you Mm -hmm. know and you know, and the other part is getting whether what other thing you can do for like a Friday or Saturday night cosmic, you know, people, there's different innovations out there to, to make the show better, to make the lanes glow or flame off or different uh, things like that. And I see right. that continuing to draw people in, okay, yeah. because it's just a night out. It makes it more fun.
1: Right. Yeah. More of it like yeah. an event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of the. Some of the, like Brunswick sync, the new scoring and I'm not sure of AMF Cubica, but now you can order from the lane. Okay. You just Mm. can punch in your order and pay for it. Right. You know, it's delivered to you. I think that's huge. Okay. Mm. Cause that's convenience for people. They don't have to go anywhere. They don't have to wait for a server. Okay. right. I think that's, that's big too. So, you know, it's all about, but you know, the last thing is you still have to provide great service. That, that, that always, that never goes away. So you know say what's coming down the road you still have to provide great service but i really think that you know you're going to see more people joining fun leagues and you're going to see you know adult juniors and you you might see a youth program pick up too Mm -hmm. Yep, and that's really kind of the way i see
1: it yeah yeah that's a great observation i i totally agree especially on the leagues a little bit less of the competitive focus and yes. the fun focus like you said the, yeah. the short leagues they have one street that i always reference because it's you know, it's a good indication it's they call it average joes which is a drinking league with the bowling problem and yeah, it's, it's, it's all it's, yeah. it's all based around drinking having fun and it's non-sanctioned but they they pack it out it's it's the busiest league you have at the center
0: yeah and, and it's and you know why? A couple reasons why, because it's fun. People like it. And two, I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't know the league format, but there's no restrictions, meaning open mixed. We don't care if it's five guys, four guys, three women. We don't care. Mm-hmm. See, the problem was with all of our structured leagues, there were too many rules. Right. You know, oh, I got to have two women. Oh, I got to have one guy. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. Well, you, you do the average Joe League, you open it up and you just say, this is going to be fun. There's going to be a few rules here. Mm-hmm. Okay but I think that's a lot to do with it because yeah. people feel more comfortable going Well, we're just here to have fun anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's the banging, you know what? I mean, you can, you can do those leagues year round. That's right. the other thing. You don't have to right. stop them in the summertime. Yeah. No, I mean, they, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, we had our beer and pizza league, the one in, in, in Indianapolis. And it was our biggest drinking night in the bar. Wow. <laughs> See, right. We had like 14 teams of these guys and they would stay till close, and usually that doesn't happen right you know right used during to the
1: week yeah right. the it was
0: during yeah it was it was on a wednesday yeah,
1: yeah the same wednesday. with them yeah, yeah it's their busiest night of the week
0: yeah and i think that's yeah. it just that and so it becomes more of a social thing for for people it's right. social you know and that's really what they're looking for is just a good two or three hours of having fun right exactly yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. i love that Okay. So then the only other thing I wanted to ask is what's the biggest challenge you're seeing today at, at the centers
0: staffing up? Staffing it's, 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 it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it is, that's a good way to put it. It's hard. <laughs> the problem is, is that there's not enough applicants. Okay. And we've raised our wages quite a bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, no problem. We you know, raised a lot of our pricing and what people pay to bowl and food and beverage. So that we can pay our people more, and we do pay our people more, but it's still very difficult to hire. Yeah, and that that is that's the hardest thing for owners and managers and proprietors,
1: mm-hmm. being
0: shorthanded all the time, because yeah. it just leads to a tremendous amount of burnout. Right. You know, in the last twelve or fifteen months, all these polling centers are reporting great numbers. Everybody's doing great, but nobody looks at the stab. You've killed to kill your people. Right. You no, know, yeah. I mean because it's true, and so down in my center in indianapolis we've hired a lot of 16 17 and 18 year olds to work Mm -hmm. one or two shifts or three or four shifts a month
1: Mm -hmm.
0: okay so so you and you've got a 28 lane center with 33 employees on payroll because because you're doing that just to get through it okay right you know and it's a lot of training and it's a lot of work from the management point of view but at least you're Mm -hmm. getting most of your shifts covered yeah, okay, and that's then the problem is, is when you don't do that, it, it it's hard to manage. A lot I've, I've seen a lot of providers cut back hours of operation, which I don't blame them because they yeah. just can't they just can't like open at four o'clock instead of ten in the morning, right? Okay, oh, because wow. the, yeah. and I and, and that's the biggest problem is is just staffing the centers. And you've probably heard that, but mm-hmm. it's and you can pay them twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen dollars an hour, but it's just it's hard to do. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to keep people, you know, and that's the thing. And you know, I'm hoping that it gets a little better, but right now I would say that's the biggest challenge going forward. Yeah. That, is getting yeah. good people to run the centers.
1: That, that that's about, you know, 95 or, or higher percent is is the what we hear is staffing right now.
0: Right. Uh, right. Yeah. And it's you just gotta keep working at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that just the thing. You know, you you know, I mean, have your help one signs in the center post some stuff online. You just got to keep working at it. And yeah. A lot of it, a lot of it, you know, people that just like, that don't need a job, maybe some seniors or some people who stay at home that don't need a job, but just want to go out and work maybe two or three shifts a week. Right. And that, that is good, you know, because they, they like the bowling business, you know, yeah. and has, whether it's, you know, restaurants or bars or bowling centers and the entertainment is facing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully it'll get better going forward.
1: It it seems to be softening somewhat as unemployment rates rise. It, it's definitely better, yeah. but yeah, it's still the main struggle. We, we actually have spent a lot of time helping clients with that because mm-hmm. we, we can't convince them to marketing more people in the door if they can't even handle what they have now. So we've actually spent a lot of time trying to help fix that problem.
0: Yeah. That's a wicked thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: More traffic in your bowling center but you better have the staff to take care of it.
1: Yeah, that's usually the right. first question. That right, I right.
0: mean, that's, I mean, and, and so they have to decide that they have to get the staff to do it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what you're doing for them is not, I don't know, it's not good. the worst. One worse. guy, one guy <laughs> out the back, you know, because mm-hmm. you've once you drive them in, you got to take care of them.
1: Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah. you're, you're, you're exactly right about
1: that. Mm-hmm yeah so yeah we, we spent a lot of that. A lot of it comes down to getting the the message out in front of more people. so there's mm-hmm. a huge, there's a lot bigger percentage of people who are willing to make a switch than what people realize. It's actually what twenty five percent of the people going mm-hmm. to a chain. and then it's competing on things that you can win at. Wages are not one of them. You know, you can go to a warehouse what? down the street and start at twenty two an hour. that you you know compare that work environment to working at a bowling center. it's It's night and day. you know, you get your flexibility. It's more fun and laid back. You get some free bowling, maybe discounts on food and, you know, maybe some more growth opportunities. If you can find people who value that more than just the starting wage, then, then you got some winners.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly what we do with the younger people, the the six, eight, and 17 year olds. That's exactly what we do. We provide a a fun environment for them to work in. Right. You know, you go to Arby's and make 14, 50 an hour Mm -hmm. and it won't be very much
1: fun. Exactly. for the
0: warehouse. Or you can work for us for $11 or $12 an hour. And mm-hmm. we're going to treat you really well. And you mm-hmm. know what? You know, the, the environment will be better. You'll, exactly. you'll enjoy yourself more in your job. Right. And I think that's, that's important. That's mm-hmm. very important. I think it was always like that even before we had a hard time hiring people. Mm-hmm. It was, it's always been like that. You build your teams on how well you treat people, you know, and, and, you know, and, and how they actually like coming to work. Right. You know, and I, I think that, that, that's a big deal. And, and you've just got to, you know, you just got to keep working at it, you know, mm-hmm. and it has a lot to do with your management team and how well the they train thing, and yeah. treat people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to, you know, it, you know, it runs up, you say one of the four things that our mission vision statement. The first one is treat people, right. Mm-hmm. Whether it's customers or your internal customers, your, your, your employees.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if you don't have good retention, there's not anything getting us getting even more applications is going to fix you know you're just going to as fast as they come in the door
0: yeah you know and that's you know and that's the thing you know and you know when you we talk about marketing and you're helping people with marketing just like hiring you have to focus on the correct thing Mm -hmm. you know i mean if you're coming into my center and saying well um you want we want you to drive more birthday party business and more you know families and this and this well that's what the marketing is going to dive into the center you know and 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 I think that's important when you're talking about marketing is you have to focus on what your one, two, or three big bullet points are. What do you want to do? What do you want to rely on? Because the message has to be heard multiple times, like you said. I've heard six times. I don't know, maybe that number's too low. That the message that a customer has to see something, whether it's in print, whether it's in text, whether it's in email, whether it's in social media, they probably got to see it five or six times before they decide to make the search. And that's where I think you can be really strong in marketing if you stay at it and stay focused on it. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You You got to know, like you said, you got to know what you're offering, what, what you're offering yeah.
0: as, as to start. Yeah, and how to execute on once they're inside the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, yeah. Tom, I could talk to you about this stuff all day, but I, I do want to respect your time. Um, okay.
0: For, for people
1: who are interested in, you know, your consulting services or want to get in touch with some questions, what would be the best way to reach out to
0: you? You know, I, I my email address, you know, which I have a, my bowling center or my personal email address is fine. It's, it's my, my email address is tfunk99209 at gmail. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know, that's just the best way. Usually I answer mm-hmm. most of the consulting. I use that, that email mm-hmm. address. Perfect. Yeah, And you know, and once I get an email, then I just reach out and do uh, an email and call the person. And that's mm-hmm. usually through the consulting I do, whether it's in, usually it's market studies, but sometimes I'll do operations consulting. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, okay. you know, you could go to my websites, but that's just mostly bowling related, you know, Highway right. Lane and Chihuahua Bowl. So, right. but yeah, that's the that's the best way to do it.
1: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I can vouch that, you know, you do an excellent job, you know, that we got kind con- of connected through one of your clients and couldn't be out <laughs> I might've
0: gotten lucky. No, I'm just <laughs> The dart. <laughs> yeah. How do you know that? Yeah. So that was funny. He's
1: yeah. a good guy. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Great. Well, yeah. Thanks again so much for coming on, Tom. I've, I've really enjoyed it. We'll have to do another okay. one. Okay. Thank
0: you, for us. It was yeah. good. All right. Take care. Yep.